Welcome to the Thought Lounge Podcast. We're very excited to bring to you our Big Question series. These series consist of six questions answered by six people. Each episode is one question. Our guests in this series are Heidi Cruz, Larry Zeiger, Sten Walker, Axel Kramer, Dave Ellison, and Reza Palazban. On this episode, our guests answer the question, what is the closest you've come to perfect communication? Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes for weekly updates on the Thought Lounge podcast. For more information on Thought Lounge, visit thoughtlounge.org. Enjoy. I loved this question, actually. And the reason I loved it was because when I did find the answer, it felt good to know that somebody that had given me um, a lot of advice that I somewhat taken for granted actually did end up for me being the answer to this question about perfect communication. And it was my friend, Abby, who um, is a therapist. She's a very um, unlikely, somewhat controversial therapist in that, and she's very open about this. She has spent time in prison for delivering babies um, as an unlicensed midwife. She's very much in the hippie lifestyle. And... um, she is the only person in my life who will really call me out on my own bullshit. And she does it in a way that I always learn something. And so I feel all of the people in my life I have great relationships with and have can have great conversations with. But I think it's more unusual to have a conversation with somebody who makes you look at the, the actual words that you are saying, really look at them and then maybe and suggest that you can turn those words around and the thoughts that you're having when you truly look at them and not the thoughts that you're having. And the ways that I tend to react to something, if somebody said something to upset me, is truly more about me and not as much about the person that that I think that I'm upset with. And a, a thought, as a, an interaction I've had with her that's always stuck in my mind was a time I was actually driving over to meet her. And to get to where she lives, you have to go on the five. And it was during the time UCSD was very busy. And so I was late to meet her. And... By the time I got there, I was a little bit flustered and said, oh, I'm so sorry. It was a real nightmare getting here. And Abby being Abby said, oh, really? A nightmare? Did anybody die on your way here, Heidi? Did aliens come down from space? Did something really, really awful happen? And I said, no, there was a lot of traffic. And she said, well, then it wasn't a nightmare. You, you, had, some, you had some traffic getting here and that's fine. Um, So just the conversations that I have with her, even though we are having a conversation, she's just so great at making me realize that casual words that I can say can sometimes be very hurtful or things that sometimes are said to me if I take them to heart 
then it's really more about that other person. And so um, she was the person that uh, really that I reflected on when you asked me this question. That was Heidi Cruz from Derby, England, who lives in Ocean Beach, San Diego. She works at the California Western Law School and coordinates a graduate program in trial advocacy. She is also the mother of Zach Brooks, who does the Thought Lounge podcast intro music. Shouts out to Zach. Next up is Sten Walker. Okay, well, perfect communication. I had to look up what communication means. It's like sharing, and I guess it's a lot rarer than I thought. Because when, when talking to people, there's usually a lot of um, ulterior motives going around. Like, you know, people... Like communicating, it's because you want something and you're trying to relay this message. But a lot of the time, the message you're giving them and the information they're receiving, like the the end game isn't them receiving the information. It's it's something else. Like I've been in ironic quotation marks intellectual debates where people just sort of pick a conclusion and then work from there rather than combining going down a path from hypotheses to the conclusion. For example, I was talking to someone about like, like reductionism versus emergence. Uh, It was just, it doesn't matter, but basically this person was flipping from taking what I was saying literally to metaphorically and just like switching things semantically. I'm like, what is happening? You are changing your position over and over. And then I was like, Oh, your only conclusion is I know better than you. So, I mean, that's just like one, one example of that kind of thing. Like the most perfect communication I can think of conceivably is there's some sort of like cricket or silkworm or something. And literally it's only communication with other creatures. It just squirts out a a pheromone when it's mating season. So basically all it says is DTF and yeah. And that's like the most pure, perfect uh, communication like I've ever seen. And so, I don't know when, I guess my most perfect communication has been shrugs and, and, and uh, uh, well, I would say cussing, but normally it's exaggerating. So if I like stub my toe and cuss and then say, I'm okay, then that's, that's like pretty honest. And, um, yeah, uh, no, I'm not going to tell that story. No, no, okay, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) That was Sten Walker from San Diego, California. He works for the National Alliance on Mental Illness as a project assistant. He is also my brother. Next up is Larry Zeiger. I think it's, I I can't honestly say that there is how I could rate a perfect communication. I honestly think that teaching uh, was the one avenue where I was making a difference through communicating with others in the lives of many people. So I'm going to answer that in a general way, and I loved uh, teaching for that matter. Um, It was... um, um, After I left teaching, I received probably a thousand letters from former students, and they all talked about how the content, the subject matter, and 
my approach touched their lives in ways that I never even knew. So I would say I'd have to answer that in a more general response. I'll use one student who is a very good friend of mine right now. And uh, he was, um, I taught film noir, uh, which was a classic uh, genre of filmmaking from the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. And uh, Paul, uh, who is a, a good friend of mine, um, calls me up all the time to when there's a classic film noir movie playing somewhere, and uh, we will go to see it. And the other thing is he is uh, completely passionate about jazz, which has become a huge part of my life, and it was something that I taught in class. And I, I feel very strongly that mu- music uh, can change the lives of everyone. That was Larry Zeiger, who worked at Point Loma High School for 33 years, teaching a cinema arts class and literature and music theater. He is also a musician, composer, author, and photographer. Next up is Reza Palisban. Wow. Well, for, first of all, communication is a complex thing to me. Uh, and there's different forms of communication, you know, so... I, when, when this question was asked to me, I was thinking, well, is this a personal question? Can I relate it to business? And you know, my my mind started going everywhere. And you know, I look at like something like the iPhone and technology. Sometimes perfect communication is something so simple and straightforward, simple and beautiful, where it's like a direct command and the other side gets it. But that's between a human and a device. And human to human is more complex. And sometimes when I think something's a perfect communication, a lot of times the other side doesn't perceive it to be that way. So... The example that really came in my mind was more when we got this overwhelming feedback from a group that we presented to when I was in the consulting business, as in a management consulting business, and we did a project for a company called James Hardy. They're a liquid ring, they were a liquid ring pump manufacturer in New York, and we did a, a competitive and customer analysis for them. And it was a, for one of the first big business experiences for me because we went and presented in front of 100 people from within this company in New York. And there's this huge, um, I think it was in a hotel lobby. They basically, they took this whole ballroom that where you would have weddings. And imagine they had this, um, the, uh, just this connection of tables that created this big square on the outside and in the centers where we were presenting and walking around uh, almost like in a, um, what do you call those, like a uh, town hall meeting style type of scenario. And why I think that was the most perfect communication was the feedback we got afterwards. But there was a lot that went into that presentation and it was a lot of preparation. We had a Harvard professor that was part of our team that we had hired, and and it was my first time of you know, having to go through all this data and all this information, what we want to convey, and something that the customer can take away from what we were giving them and for that to be valuable, because we charged them a lot of money. This was like over a $100,000 consulting project, and we were this startup firm, boutique firm, that really specialized in this competitive intelligence, and I had done a lot of work on it, like all-nighters, and um, so I put a lot of heart and soul into that, and I knew my material. 
but I was a little intimidated by the whole scenario of going in front of all these people and having to have like the stage to myself. And so I just remember it was a disaster in all the preparations and we were doing the night before we'd flown in and, and all the coaching I had received and I was real nervous. And so we went in there and our, our president, our CEO, he got in some hot water early on because he wasn't necessarily the expert on all the data, but he was the most seasoned speaker, presenter. And early on, he was, get, he was trying to describe some of the data and they, they put something on the wall and he was getting hammered. And I remember just being able to, you know, have the courage to kind of speak up when I wasn't really supposed to speak up and being able to correct a few things that he had uh, incorrectly communicated to the customer. And so that was like the step. And then I remember I relieved the pressure off of him and um, what I had conveyed made a lot of sense about, you know, how the customers were viewing various dynamics of the relationship with with the manufacturer and, you know, making sense of the data. And then after that was just doing the actual presentation and coming up confident and going through and looking people in the eye, uh, knowing my materials, answering the questions. And why I think it was close to being perfect and perfect again to me is a very, it's a, it's a hard thing to achieve in communication is afterwards you had a group of people wanting to hire you on the spot and saying, hey, you know, you guys are the experts now in this field and we didn't know all these things about our competitors and our customers and, and we, you know, you guys prepared so much for it and you conveyed the material so well, we want to bring you on board. Of course, we never accepted that. We didn't, we, we're living in San Diego. We're not going to move to New York, right? Uh, and so that was something that built a lot of confidence and I felt that was, was um, a job well done and, and something that kind of led me in my career. That was Reza Palazban, who is from Iran and moved to San Diego in second grade. He studied economics and history in Chicago and currently has started a career in IT consulting. Next up is Axel Kramer. One is with my brother. Uh, basically, like, I feel like I can not see him for like a year and then... I can see him again and it's as if like within a few words I've caught up everything in his life that actually matters of substance that might have changed about him. And I think it's just like a matter of having spent so much time around him since he was a baby. Like I remember when I was really little, um, my mom and dad would always ask me what he was saying because he had speech problems when he was like very young, like two to four. So no one could understand him. but. I was like, why can't you guys understand him? Like, I know, I knew exactly what he was saying all the time. So I was like, basically their translator. Um, even when he was like so little that he wasn't even really speaking. So I was like understanding the, I was understanding what the concepts and the, yeah, the, the content that was going through his mind and his needs before he could even verbalize them practically. Um, so now that I've said that, I feel like that is probably the most, <laughs> the most, the best communication. Um, but if I had, yeah, if I, I'll just go into the other two too. Uh, the second example of 
nearing perfect communication I've had. And I think it's just another light of it is with two of my best friends. Um, their names are Colin and Dylan. And basically we spent so much time around each other, seeing each other in so many different lights um, that we seem to have an almost seamless unspoken communication half the time. And uh, it, it allows for really extreme efficiency. And I think that, you know, if I could even really verbalize or, or give really good examples of times when that happens, then um, it's almost like proof of the need for excellent communication and like the workspace because I actually happen to work with them too. Um, most of the things we don't really have to communicate with each other because they're almost, it's just, they just need a little nod and then it, it sort of gets taken care of. But even more like concretely, like if we go to do dishes uh, at someone's house, then like we all know each other's rules. We all know what each other are good at or even any task. It's just like we pretty much fall into fall into step and are able to do it. That was Axel Kramer, who is a fifth generation San Diegan and the executive director and founder of Thought Lounge. Next up is Dave Elson. Well, that's a great question. I think it would... I think it's kind of been in a number of different settings, but it's always uh, around a group of people that are uh, casual in their demeanor and have some sort of a big topic to talk around and people that are uh, participating and also listening. And um, I think it's happened multiple times. Uh, usually with my closer group of friends that uh, come from very backgrounds, um, different occupations, different uh, upbringings. So I think perfect communication in my, uh, in my eyes is, again, a give and take uh, from all the parties that are participating in a conversation uh, where people are understood and allowed uh, access to be able to, or freedom to be able to speak their minds and uh, the other people doing the listening without judgment. That was Dave Ellison, who was born and raised in Point Loma, San Diego and owns an insurance brokerage in Old Town, San Diego. Thank you for listening to the first episode of our Big Question series. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get updates on the Thought Lounge podcast every Saturday. The next question our guest will answer is, what is the toughest decision you've ever made? For more information on Thought Lounge, visit thoughtlounge.org. Till next time, good thinking always.